Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Before we get going on this episode, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years. I call him the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you guys have any optics needs at all, whether it be binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, tripods, anything to do with glassing, give the glassing guru a call. You can reach Cody at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can email him at optics at gohunt.com or you can text him directly on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Ask him any question either by text or by call. I want to thank Cody for all the work that he does with the J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners. I also want to remind you guys it's application season. There's not a better hunting resource than the Go Hunt Insider. Uh, For a free trial, you can go to gohunt.com forward slash jscott. You can also get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card when signing up. I want to thank kuyu.com, kuyu ultralight hunting. Kuyu is the ultralight hunting gear that I've been wearing since 2010. Uh, go to KUIU.com and you can order directly. It's a direct-to-consumer uh, brand and they have phenomenal gear there at KUIU.com. I uh, also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott21 promo code to get 10% off on all orders. Also, Apex Ammunition. During turkey season, uh, the podcast gets sponsored by Apex Ammunition. Go to Apex Munition. Dot com. It's the home of the TSS, the Tungsten Super Shot. Uh, it's the best turkey uh, loads on the market. Go to apexmunition.com. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I also want to let you guys know that are listening for uh, Colorado um, information. I actually have a few elk and mule deer uh, tags available in Colorado on private land if you guys have an interest also doing an elk bear um, archery combo uh, reach out to me at jscottoutdoors uh, on instagram uh, or jscottoutdoors at gmail.com reach out and uh, for more information i'll be happy to share it with you let's get right to this episode guys welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast today we have a great friend of the show Dwayne adams Dwayne uh is from southern arizona in san manuel uh has been deer hunting and hunting all over arizona for many many years Dwayne, how's it going doing very good jay real good it's good to, always good to hear your voice yeah i'm looking forward to talking with you i just got back from mexico and um, was down there for a close to a month uh, hunting the gould's turkey and in the meantime uh, the arizona uh, game and fish came out with their regulations uh, for the upcoming uh, basically the deer and the sheep draw coming up here in june and i wanted to get you on the podcast and talk to you uh, about those uh, applications and some of the units for both mule deer, uh, the Kaibab mule deer, and then the coos deer and the desert mule deer, which you hunt down uh, by your home in San Manuel, Arizona. So I'm looking forward to this episode. You bet. You bet. So, Dwayne, um, before we get dive into that, uh, we're sitting here kind of the middle of May uh, 2021. Uh, we're looking at 
applying uh, what are conditions as far as you know, uh, not only in the coos deer units and areas around your house, but uh, up in the Kaibab and w w what are you thinking at this point going into the draw? I think the Kaibab's just about like it was last year. They didn't have any more precipitation than they had last year. So I, I don't expect it to be overwhelmingly with moisture. Uh, and I think that's just about the darn truth because I keep in touch with Ryan Hatch up there and that, and he's really a good robber to me. He, you know, and, and, and they didn't get no a great amount of snow. They just got just about as much as they got last year. So we're probably going to be about the same kind of growth. So obviously on the Kayabab, uh, we also have the big fire to contend with. And I know you hunted a season last year. Uh, with that fire, um, just diving straight into it, how do you think that fire um, will affect this year's hunts uh, on the Kaibab? Well, I think it's going to make a big difference, Jay, because last year where the fire was, uh, we couldn't get in there. They had most of those roads blocked off. You could walk in, but some of the places you could walk in is you know miles and miles in. But I, this year, those roads are open. And, and I think that's going to spread people out quite a bit, Jay, uh, because it opened up some unbelievable country to, to, that you can glass that was just unhuntable before. It's all cedars and, and real, real thick uh, uh, oak brush, and, and you couldn't see into it. And it burnt all that stuff down. So I think it's going to be really – I scouted it a couple times, and, and it looks like it's going to be deadly. So I think that's gonna, that part of it's going to be good. As far as um, having a fire like that, um, usually wildfires are fantastic for wildlife uh, in, in the years after the fire. Um, from just not a you know good for wildlife, if you will, uh, standpoint, but from do you believe that that fire will actually spread the hunters out a little bit? In other words, are there pieces of country that were probably too thick and very hard to glass that did not get much attention but now having a big widespread fire like that do you feel like it will spread the hunters out yeah it'll spread them out uh jay where we hunt now on the, up on the west side uh 15 years ago we couldn't hunt there it's the exact same playbook as you're talking about now there's no deer there there was no food it was just thick thick ponderosa pines and you could drive through there and never see a deer and that's where all the deer are now they moved into those aspens and they love eating those little aspen leaves and buds and that's that's where about 80 percent of the deer are uh until they start to migrate the pressure starts and they leave there and they start migrating down but this is going to change that country there to the north drastically because it burned a lot of lot of land uh, you know well over a hundred thousand acres and what, from what i can see when i was there you can see all the new growth coming up, so the, and, and there's deer tracks everywhere, so you better believe it. It's, it's going to spread them out. With that being said, um, do you feel like it's so open now that the deer are going to be very susceptible? In other words, will a bunch of mature deer, it, it's a catch-22. If you have a tag, you probably have an opportunity to, to use your binos and use your optics to see a better buck. But do you think that the game and fish really needs to keep a watch on their numbers and make sure that they don't 
um, wipe out a bunch of the mature bucks. That's something that kind of comes to my mind. Not being someone that's very familiar with the Kaibab, I've only been up there two or three times. Um, in the back of your mind, do you worry about potentially a bunch of mature bucks getting killed over the next two or three years that might really lower the age class? No, and I'll tell you why. Don't. They cut the tags there again this year. They were 400 last year. They cut 25 tags on the early hunt, and they've cut them all across the board there. So I know 25 people doesn't sound like a lot, but what it does do, I think it's going to open it up or it's going to spread them out. Because right now, probably out of the 400 hunters, 300 of them were in that one burn. And we, there's still, every year, we see gigantic bucks. We killed two bucks in there last year, Jay, uh, a 202 and a 204. And there are people everywhere, but they can't find them. I mean, they drive right by the deer. It's the same old thing. You know, most people just don't have good glassing skills, and those deer are there. So I think once the pressure starts, those big bucks, like you know, they don't play. I mean, they're not going to be standing on the side of the road very long. They'll be, they'll be gone. Do you think that burn, um, you know, historically you've done great on the early hunts, but it's, it's definitely a tougher hunt because the deer are not rutting. Um, do you actually think that that early hunt with the ability to really glass uh, more than you could before, do you think that that's actually going to up the quality um, of, of deer that's harvested um, on those early hunts compared to before? I don't know that, Jay. It, it all, and I'll tell you why I said that. say that. It all depends on the hunter. There's certain classes of hunters that, that are really good glassers and really good hunters, and that's in anything, in coos deer or big bulls. And every year we will draw somebody that's never been there, Jay. So they don't have a clue, and they can't afford a guide. And I, they'll, and I always have them called so I can give them any kind of free information. I like to help people. So when they call and they say, I can't afford a guide, Mr. Adams, and, and I can't scout, it's the same old story. So it's not like turning 375 Jay Scotts and Dwayne loose there. It's not. It's, you've probably got about 50 killers, and you've got about 325 guys that literally don't have much clue of what's going on. As far as a deer movement standpoint, uh, east side, west side, do you feel like that fire is going to keep some deer in one area or keep some deer away from another area? Or, um, you know, is there any movements that will change, you know, once they do start migrating? Do you feel like that big fire is going to um, change any habits? It's, it's got to change them, Jay. Because it burnt uh, all the way down those, those canyons, all the way down into 12, 12B. So it's got to change that. And what I mean by that is it, it may, they may hold up in it, but you don't know what kind of food's going to come back. That's what's going to stop them. If their food's there, then they'll stay. But if their food's not there, they've got to go on through on down to 12B to eat the cliff rose and sage. It's it, it, it going to take a year or two to, to really to answer that question correctly, to be very honest with you. Are you optimistic? I know you're an optimistic person, but are you actually pretty fired up about um, hunting there this year just because of what you think of, of, of how it's going to be? I mean, do you really think it's going to be a bang-up season both on the early 
and on the late in the Kaiba? I I think it is. You know, but you know, I'm 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 very biased because we've hunted there for forty years, and thank the Lord Jesus, we found a lot of holes that hold big bucks, and and we have a hundred of those things that we can go look at, and and so I still think that that's what that that blueprint's going to work, and it's going to work on the on the north end as well. Once you find those big bucks, you have a chance to kill one. So I think so, Jay. I was fortunate enough, Jay, last year on on the early season, we killed three 200-inch deer. And then we killed a 225 with a gentleman that you sent us, a real estate guy uh, from from uh, from the valley on the, on the east side. Uh, and so we ended up killing four bucks up there over 200 inches last year and 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 so we talked about the water and you talked about the drought and it, it is it, and i'm telling you it's it's brutal but we still dug four gigantic bucks out in fact that that buck that the gentleman killed uh, i mean it was a 225 it was like an eight by 11 with it like a 14 inch drop tine. it was unbelievable buck let's talk a little bit about uh, we've talked about it before and i encourage anyone uh, to go back in prior years about this time, search podcasts, uh, my podcast about in May, um, where I've talked with Dwayne the last handful of years about this hunt. So if you enjoy uh, this podcast, go back and listen to some of the other ones Dwayne and I have talked about. Uh, let's talk about the east side and the west side of the Kayabab. Um, You pick it, which one you start with, and talk a, a little bit about how they are different um and and you know just the the units themselves how they're split and how the the units the two units are different they're night and day uh, and 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 i tell people that all the time i i i, I try to explain to people the kaibab is like a loaf of bread and they look at me like i've lost my mind and the east side it drops off thousands of feet straight down there's only two roads that go to the bottom that's all there is and on the west side, there's roads, and and it's not like a loaf of bread. It gradually goes down, and every way it drops down, there's roads all over. There's hundreds of roads, and and, and there's less food on the east side. That's that's all there is to it. And and I don't know why, but there is. There's just less food, and that's why there's a lot less deer over there. And when the fire came that we're talking about on the east side here 15 so years ago, those deer would always migrate down to the coxcombs, and there's very little deer migrate to the coxcombs now. I hunted down there uh, one day, and I drove around, and I seen six does, and and there was snow on the ground, and, I, and so the snow doesn't lie. There was no deer. But there are deer all on top, and that's where those deer stay. They stay up on top. I just think there's more food up there than there is down below on the east side. And it's just the opposite on the west side. Those deer fall way off down into the to slide and jump up and, you know, uh, off all those great points and so watch. And, and that's where we kill those big deer on the late hunt as well. When you look at the uh, hunt structure, it's October 22nd through the 31st is the early hunt, both on the east and the west. And then the late hunt, November 19th through the 28th, uh, both on the east and the west. How do you see both of those dates falling um, as far as, you know, quality of hunt? Does it make any change 
early dates, late dates, anything? Well, you always want it later. You always want the weather on your side if you can get it. But I, I try to tell people in guiding and hunting is like the Super Bowl. And, and, and you whatever you're dealt, that's the game. And, and if you can mentally just get that in your mind, then you, you try, to, try to take excuses away of why you're not finding deer. Because the deer are still there. You just got to work harder. You got a glass. They're not going to be up as much if it's hot I and mean, it's that simple. And they're not going to migrate unless it starts to freeze. And that, it's just that simple as well. So you might have to stay on top of that mountain and fight them. But you know, it's just that simple, Jay. I mean, look, we, we all hunt. and You'd like to have the, the premier hunt that you can get. But that's just not reality anymore. So whatever you're dealt, you just got to take your hunting skills out there and attack. Um, when you look at the west side uh, late hunt, I believe it's down to 75 tags. I think it's been as high as 125. You'd probably correct me if I'm wrong, but 100 or 125. 75 guys running around on the west side, Kaibab late. That's pretty. That's that's a pretty good number for a quality hunt, don't you think? We didn't see anybody last year. Really. Uh, I mean, I mean, you see a couple guys on the road, you know. I right. mean, I'm talking parked, and but we never seen a hunter, uh, that, uh, not not one hunter on the west side. And we went into several places that we know, and we let buck after buck after buck after buck go, and and it and it's literally that simple. And I hunted a, a young man, and and his dad. I think the boy was 15. And we missed a, a unbelievable 200, 205, 208 buck on, on the opening morning. And, and, and then I, I told the dad, I said, he'll be back here tomorrow. And I said, we'll be right back in here again in the morning. So we went back in there in the morning and did, did the same thing. And there was another big buck off to the right. I glassed him. I said, there's another big buck. And, and the dad said, that, that will do. <laughs> and so <laughs> I said, and it was a 190 deer. He said, that's a big deer. I said, yeah, but it's not the same deer. Don't, don't. So just remember, I'm just telling you, it's a big deer, but it's not that other deer. He said, that'll do. And the boy shot it 400 yards and killed it. And, and it, was a, it was a great deer, by all means. But uh, we never seen a hunter. I mean, literally. There's, it's so big on the, on, the, on the west side. Like I said, there's roads everywhere. I and mean, they're spread out. 75 people is... To me, it's the most one of the most quality hunts there is, probably besides the strip. When you look at um, when you look at that hunt with the dates to November twenty eighth, uh, starting on the nineteenth, uh, let's say that we have a good monsoon, early monsoon season. Uh, let's say that that burn, you know, really greens up. Um, will those deer stay? in that burn or will they go ahead and make their move down no they'll stay there they'll stay in all that real fresh greens coming up in the burns all, all the burns they'll, they'll they'll literally stay there and those deer don't rub their horns you know we, we start getting to july and august monsoons that's that's when it really helps deer elk you know as well as i do they, the big bulls have already rubbed all their velvet off by around August 1st. So that monsoons does not help the elk like it does deer. And those deer have still two solid months of growing before. So that monsoons is critical. If they get that rain, look out. I mean, you, that could explode those horns out all over out there. 
and and it'll keep those deer right in that in those burns in there because the, the growth could come up in in two weeks you know how it is and when it rains like that that growth just explodes how do you uh run your 12a west and 12a east camps do you run one big camp on the early hunt and the late hunt or do you spread your east side groups and your west side groups you spread them out in different camps no we stay, we camp on the west side there's a there's very there's not good camping places on the east side is why uh we got a place out that we camp that's real wide open and it's a good road getting in and out of there and then we just drive up to the east side if if uh we pick up clients and and then and and just migrate from there back and forth we stay in one camp that way we got a i've got a cook and i got three or four helpers and and it just makes it so much easier that that I don't have to split split everything up. Let's talk a little bit about 12B um, and your thoughts on 12B and how the fire will affect uh, the 12B hunts, if at all. I don't know if it's going to, Jay. I, I hate to answer that question until we see what go through a year of it. To be honest with you, uh, what I don't want to give some kind of bad advice if i don't really know what i'm talking about and i'll have to see after this season i could answer that question big time because if those deer run right through that burn and go right out to 12b then that's that then 12b can really get hot because those deer won't hang up in the kaibab they're they're off cooper ridge and all the way down in those canyons there uh what would you speculate if you speculated would you think the deer are going to hole up or do you think they're going to run right through it well, it, it depends on the feed, Jay. If we get the rains, if we get those rains we're talking about, they can hang up and stay there because you got it. That's the elevation right there where it is. There's a lot of oak right there, Jay, and it burnt it. So you're going to have all that young oak coming up and aspens coming up. And if it if it's anything like the, the 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 west side, they'll stay right up there and eat those aspens because they love those little buns butts and and stuff that's coming off of them. So that's why I just got to wait and see what happens. Dwayne, let's uh, shift gears a little bit uh, to your Southern Arizona operation um, and talk about what's going on in Southern Arizona. I know there's been some changes with the archery deer hunts. Um, talk a little bit up right around where where you've you know grown up and spent your whole life there in San Manuel. What's going on with the conditions uh, and and those units there? Well, the Catalinas that took a tremendous uh, beating with the fire, and they didn't have enough moisture. So the uh, the game and fish cut the tags uh, uh, as much as four hundred tags per unit. Uh, so we, I mean, per hunt is what I meant, and they cut them pretty bad. And it looks like I'm. I was looking on the regulations. It doesn't look like there's going to be any any archery hunts in thirty three in december or january which is probably good because it's taking a beating uh so so that's that's going to be drastic but i think over the counter archery tags uh and it looks like the game of fish are getting ready to make some serious decisions here in the next year or so to probably put it all on a draw because i see where they did several units they put 27 and some other units on a draw so I think that we're, they're probably be going to be getting away from the over-the-counter hunts that, that, that we have really enjoyed for 40 years. Dwayne, for someone that's been around hunting and lived in southern Arizona your whole life and, you know, enjoyed the over-the-counter hunts, 
Um, is there part of you that sees both sides of the story and, and play through that a little bit with us on, um, you know, regardless of whether you're for or against, kind of kind of talk about why they might be considering doing that and maybe give a different perspective on, on that archery season? I can answer that probably better than, than most people. And why I'm saying that is every year, Jay, we're fortunate enough to chase a, a 190 to over a 200-inch deer in the desert. And I thank God it's unbelievable. And I don't know where these deer come out of. They must come out of holes because you can't find them until the rut. But last year, I was fortunate enough, we killed a 205 with a bow. And it was an 8 by 9, and it had inlines. It was an unbelievable deer. But the problem with it, Jay, was that... We found this deer and shot at him on two different days. And then other guys honed in. And when I mean honed in, there were trucks everywhere. And and I we luckily killed the, the deer. We missed it, shot at it two different times. And I had never in my life seen so many hunters. And I don't I don't mean like 30 or 40, I'm talking like a hundred that you could glass in any direction. And they were pushing those deer so hard that their tongues were hanging out. And I, and I know that that's what, why they've had to come to this conclusion. And I hate it to be very honest with you. I hate it because it's a great hunt and you could go out there and chase a big deer and all, a lot of the Southern units, just, just not around me all the way down into 36 BC, you know, you know, all of the Kofas, there's great deer, but you, it's, it's come Jay that I, they've turned the world loose there. And it's, and it's, it's been a great deal. I mean, I, I, I'm pulled both ways. So I don't know how to answer that. I, I, I think that they're probably going to end up with a draw and whoever draws that uh, to me is going to have a hunt of a lifetime because there's some gigantic deer. Two years ago, Jay, we chased a 33 to 34 inch buck. And we seen him for five or six days. We missed him once, so the archer missed him. I mean, and he had a big drop time. We killed another deer last year that was 35 inches. He was 34 and three quarters inches. He was a three by four. Frank guided it. And I'm telling you, it. I mean, these are Mexico deer that we're talking about, Jay, that people pay out a lot of money to go go kill. And we're, we're chasing these kind of deer with a bow. So, uh it's going to go either way. I just don't think you can turn Tucson and Phoenix loose out there anymore. And, and all the out of state, all the out of staters is, that are pouring in here and which I'd come here too. If it's over the counter, you get to hunt a rut hunt. I mean, it's hard not to come. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think over the last couple of years, it's definitely gained a lot of notoriety for uh, guys that want to travel coming from some of the, the colder states, if you will, the northern states where they just want to get out of the snow, they want to enjoy the weather and chase some rutting deer. Um, it's an unbelievable opportunity, but it's kind of a catch-22 in that um, it's almost gained so much popularity that the quality potentially of experience has gone down. And I think the Game and Fish has kind of fielded the you know, the gripes, if you will, and, and they're trying to do something to respond to that. And I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, although I don't get to hunt that much because I'm mostly in Mexico. Uh, years ago, I used to enjoy that hunt and it's always great to get out and see deer rutting. But uh, on the other hand, I see the fact that 
you know, if there's just so many people out there chasing that resource around, maybe it is time to go to a draw and make a super quality hunt. And I still think the draw odds will be fairly good and, and liberal um, and, and a pretty good chance to draw those tags. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things we have to protect the resource. And at some point when that resource gets depleted enough or that gets you know, gets to being chased around too much. I think us as hunters, we have to step away from our own, if you will, selfish ambitions to want to be able to hunt every single day of January and look at the bigger picture of, you know, trying to preserve what we have. So, I mean, I, I see all sides of it. Um, I want to tackle into uh, specifically talking about the coos deer in some of these units and what I would like to do and we've done it before is just I'm going to kind of name off a unit and you just kind of tell me what comes to the top of your head um, as far as you know terrain or accessibility or quality or quality going up quality going down or or, or anything like that so we'll just kind of go through these okay you bet um, let's start with uh Unit 31. I think 31 is a very good unit. Uh, haven't had the major fires. They've had some small fires over there, and there's still a lot of sleep for great big bucks in 31. That, that's a great unit. One thing that jumps out at me about 31 that's interesting is you've got, you know, Mount Graham, and, and you've got the, the country that goes all the way up into the pines, but then you have the Santa Teresa's also there on kind of the border of 32 where – you know, you've got that lower desert country. It seems like 31 has has a lot of different varied terrain. And the other thing about 31, Jay, and you've, we've talked about this before, those deer have migrated down into the desert. I mean, they're, they're down there miles where people don't look and, and surviving. Some of the biggest bucks we've killed in there has been, like I said, they're either in the top or they're in. They're not in the middle. They're in. They're they're pushed out. And and we're when we're hunting there, we're hunting out there where nobody looks. Unit thirty two, your home unit, right there that you live in. I, I don't like thirty two, and the reason I don't like it is because of the lion hunters, and they're the ones that really educated me on thirty two. There's no roads into the to the Galeros. All of it is surrounded with just a big mountain range. And I've hunted there all my life, and you don't see a lot of gigantic deer. And, and I got talking to some lion hunters, and they don't like hunting there. And I asked them why, because if they let their dogs go at uh, such and such place and they go to the top, they got to go around to Wilcox or back into Benson or come into Safford. And he said, and those dogs are too expensive. And sometimes I'm hunting those dogs for three or four days. And so... And I'm not a lion hunter. I don't know nothing about lions. But they said if they, there's a, so many lions in that mountain range that when they leave there, they'll cross into the Catalinas or they'll cross into the Grams or they'll go back down to the, down to the Pelencinos and they can hunt them. That's what the lion hunters telling me. So they can pick those cats off. So I know that I've got several friends that live along the river here and, and they're seeing unbelievable amounts of lions and it's coming off there crossing and trail cameras and stuff. So the Galeros is tied up, Jay. A lot of private property. The access is very poor to get in there. And so I wouldn't recommend hunting there. Okay, 33. 
Catalina. Well, 33 to me was the best cruise deer unit in the state until the fire. And I think it's going to take several years before 33 gets back in, in the realm that it's, it was because it burnt. It literally it, it just cooked it. And what, I, what I've seen up there, I mean, for miles and miles and miles, there's, there's nothing. There's no feed. And I give glassing lessons in a lot of those places up there. And I've changed my lessons because there's not very many deer there because there's no feeds. They've moved. They've had to move out of there to different places to eat. So I personally, unless you know a place to hunt in 33 that's not in the fire, uh, I would stay away from it for a few years. How do you think it'll be in a few years once it settles down? I think it'll be good. I mean, it's like I think it's just like anything else. But we didn't get a monsoon last year. We got very little moisture this year in the winter, so there's very little growth up there. So once we get uh, some monsoons and, and explode that, then I think the rest of it will be fine. 34A. It's a great unit. Uh, it's one of my favorites. There's deer from one end to the other, east and west, and it's a, it has the desert floor. It, you can go up as high as you want to hunt into the pines, it, it, 34A has a lot of great big deer. Uh, we, we killed a buck in there last year, scored 125. 34B. Another great unit. It's the same thing. 34B is, uh, we've killed some great deer there, and it's right along the border, and you have a lot of activity with the Border Patrol, and that's kind of a headache right now from what I understand with the Border Patrol. But uh, besides that, it's a great unit. 35A. Same thing, same as the other. It's a it's a good unit, and there's some big bucks there, and that's uh, that's another one of those border patrol agent problems that, that might be hinder some people. But it's still a great there's great deer there. When you say border patrol problems, what you're saying is there's a lot of illegal um, activity yes. there, and so there's a lot of border patrol prowling around and driving around yeah. and checking and it's just a lot of activity in out. Yeah, that's what i should have said jay you you hit it on the head it's not the border patrol problems uh with us for say but there's so many uh people coming across that they're catching them and uh, all day all night i have a couple of my friends that, that are border patrol agents and they're working them i mean days off it's just crazy they're working them to death down there and they're so overwhelmed and the other thing is, is that a lot of those crossings now, there's so many people cr cr coming in. They're, they're, I know darn well they're pushing those deer like crazy, you know, because they're going all day, all night, all day, all night with helicopters and horseback. And, you know, so yeah, it, it's taken away from some of the quality. 35B, the Patagonias. Patagonias is, is unbelievable, Jay. But it's the same thing as we've talked about the other other three units you know the patagonias are un unbelievable uh units uh i killed the 122 in there a few years ago luke and i did with a, with a guy so it, it there's big bucks there 36a well 36a is taking a beating it's pretty open and the deer the coos deer have taken a whopping there uh my daughter had a tag there last year you know, during the december hunt and we, we let probably 100 bucks go. But we had one hard time trying to find a buck that was in the 90s. They're all babies, two points, two by threes. You know, so, so, they're so it's so easy for people to shoot them there. 
that, that it's uh, uh, trophy wise, I would not go there. My daughter finally killed a deer. Uh, and thank God we did, but we worked hard to kill that deer. 36 B. To me, that's one of my favorite units too. Uh, 36 B is, it's along the border there, but that from Ruby to Arabaca there, they patrol the heck out of that. And they, and, and the border patrol do. And so north of that, is why I think it's still good. There's so much mountain range to the north that uh, that's where I do a lot more hunting than I do in the south because they they can cut those things, the, the illegals coming across there from from Nogales to Arabaca to Ruby, and there you know, I mean there there's a lot of trucks there, so that that kind of keeps them from coming on north, and so that's why I like 36B. 36C. 36C is another real problem. Uh, because they're coming across into the into the, the Papago Indian Reservation there, and they're pushing that hard, and they're they're working the helicopters and the horseback in there. But the north end is again falls into that category of good because they're not making it up that far. They're getting rides and other stuff along there. But 36C is uh, it has some of the biggest bucks in the world. Twenty nine. I don't like 29 because a lot of it is private property. If you have access into the private property, you're doing okay. But most people do not. So a lot of that country is locked up. And so that's why I have a friend that's killed two bucks in the 130s there. But he has access on a private ranch that he can get in there. And he's killed two gigantic bucks. But nobody else has the access. So it, it's, not, it's not reality. 27 and 28. Well, 27 is uh, always has unbelievable deer. And since they're limiting the, the, to the draw because it's any antler deer, and they took, took that away, I think you're going to see, and they cut the rifle tags there too. So I think you're going to see both 27 and 28 start to come back. 23. Uh, 23... Uh, they cut the rifle, excuse me, they cut the archery hunt in January out there. They're not going to have one. And they cut the December. You can hunt coos deer, but you can't hunt mule deer no more. And there's always big bucks in 23. There's so many holes there that, that just have unbelievable deer. We've killed several just monster deer there. 22. Same thing. 22 is a great unit. Uh, but I see now that they cut the tags big time this year from last year. So that's going to make it a little easier uh, not having to fight the people and you'll be able to use your skills there. But 22, you know, any of those Mazadels, any of that stuff there that, that's so rough that you got to walk into always holds big deer. 37A, 37B. Well, 37A is uh, – to me, is one of the premier units to hunt. They only have a 15-day archery hunt there. That's it. And they've had that for about five years now. And there's not very many mule deer rifle tags there. So that's, that's a great archery unit. And 37B, to me, is one of the, the best mule deer places in the world, but it's been overhunted, Jay. There's just too many rifle tags there, and they... 
they shoot every darn buck that before it has a chance to grow up. Uh, and there's so many roads and it's hard for those deer to get away from, from people, to be honest. So I, I would stay away from 37B. What about 37A for coos deer rifle? It's any antler deer. It's kind of a sleeper, isn't it? It is a sleeper. It, it is. 30, it, it, but there's not, there's just pockets of deer there. They're not, they're not, and you, it, it's, it's not like most people think they're not everywhere. But they are, there are pockets of deer. Uh, and if you're, ha we chased one, for example, about four years ago, that was probably a 115, 118 deer. And we shot and missed him. And then that was all we ever, we never found a deer again after that. But uh, we, while, while we were chasing that buck in this little mountain range, there was two other does and a spike. And we seen them every morning. And then finally we found that buck we'd scouted him. And then when, he, when we shot at him, he went out in those flats. And I think he's probably still out in the flats. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's finish with 30A and 30B. Those are all good units, Jay, both of them, 30A and 30B. They're, they're, we've, we've chased big deer down there over the years. All those, all those units are good, real good. Okay. Um, Dwayne, you talk about uh, these units – you know, some are better than others. They're all kind of cyclical, aren't they? I mean, it seems like they go through every four or five years. They kind of either overhunt one or it just kind of, they kind of rotate around. Do you agree with that or not? Oh, that, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to get to right here is, is exactly that, you know, they overhunt some and, 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 and when they overhunt them, they usually overhunt them really hard. And then what, what I think is pulling them back now is the moisture or I think they'd probably still be hunting them hard. Dwayne, I know we've talked about on podcasts before, we've talked about um, your glassing lessons, and I know with COVID you kind of shut down a little bit doing the glassing lessons, but I understand you're back to uh, doing the glassing lessons. Uh, tell us a little bit about it, and um, uh, let me know how people, or let the listeners know how they can get a hold of you to take part in a glassing lesson. Yeah, we started the glassing lessons again about a month ago, and uh, and it's been very good. Thank God. I, I tell them when they come on the glassing lessons, Jay, that they'll learn a hundred percent more today. And I said, in two or three years, you you'll learn a thousand percent. You'll quit looking where the deer aren't, and and it's kind of hard for those guys to understand that until they see how I'm doing it. And 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 I and I tell them, don't look there no more. Look here. And I said, that's why I started the lessons. I said, once you learn to do this, I said, it works anywhere. And, and, and what it does, it, it gets people on track to find animals. And once they do that, they have more fun. And that's what I try to teach them. I said, you can take your wife and kids and do this from the truck and see animals. You don't have to walk your wife across the canyons. Uh, I take my wife all the time, and she ain't going to walk across no canyon, believe me. And she gets to see deer and has the fun doing it. So what it does is, I give them structure on how to find deer. And, and I tell them, look, I've made a living on public land, so I know a lot that, that, that uh, has made me successful, and that's what I'm trying to teach you. So, But, yeah, I, I have a meet, meet us at Oracle uh, in the morning, and I spend the morning with them. And, and when I'm done with them, uh, I, I, I've never had anyone that didn't, did not learn a lot. In, in fact, uh, uh, a lot of them said they've emailed you, and, and they'll call me months later and tell me, man, Mr. Adams, I learned this, I learned that. And a lot of them send me pictures, they bucks they killed. I killed this. Thank you for teaching me how to glass. 
Yeah, it's uh, I get, I mean, tons of messages from people that have done your glassing uh, seminars and lessons, and uh, just they rant and rave about it. Uh, why don't you guys? Why don't you give the listeners your phone number? I'll also link it up in the show notes um, and how they can get a hold of you, whether it's about a hunt uh, or about a glassing lesson. You bet. My phone number is five two zero three eight five four nine nine five. And I'd love to take you glassing. And all kids are free, Jay. I forgot. I always like to put that in there. Anybody under 18 is free. Uh, and we take a lot of kids uh, w- with their folks. And, and I think that that's the I, – I, you just can't teach a kid. I took a boy the other day with his dad, and the kid was kind of playing around until I found a, a deer. I put him on it. And then I started talking to the boy. And before the lesson was over, he glassed some deer. He said, Mr. Adams, there's some deer. I said, where, son? He said, right there. I said, you got it. And and, and, he, and his dad said, later on, he said, that's all he talked about on the way home, that he had glassed a deer. And that's all it takes. Once you get that confidence, then the whole game changes. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, my hat's off to you for doing that and providing that service to people. And it's always great having you on the podcast. I wish you the best of success. Uh, on that this spring and early summer Um, and uh, if anybody has any questions about the Kayabab or any of these units that we talked about give Dwayne a call Dwayne it's always great having you on buddy God bless you Jay all right buddy take care